So we are really excited because today we are kicking off the 40-day revolution. If you weren't around last week, let me fill you in on what that means. Basically, what we're doing is we are going to be praying and asking God to do something huge for us because we're outgrowing this facility. Um, Our morning service has a ton of people in the room. Um, We have a ton of parking out on the street that we're going to be losing about a year from now. And so we are just praying and asking God to do something amazing for us in providing for us a new facility. We don't know where that's going to be or what that's going to look like. But as I said last week, what we're going to do is we're going to do a 40-day fast together and ask God to do the impossible. And so we have these cards that are just sitting in the back. says 40-Day Revolution. That's what we're calling this. And what we're asking people to do today is if you spent this past week kind of praying, God, am I supposed to be a part of this? And if so, what am I supposed to give up? I know some people are giving up social media. Some people are giving up TV or video games or a certain kind of food or a meal a day or whatever it might be and just praying and asking God to show up like we see in the Bible his followers come after God hard and they cry out to him and they fast and they pray and he shows up and answers uh, we're, we're going to be jumping in on that and so if you're doing that today on your way out we just want you to take a card there's all this blue tape all over that back wall a bunch of our people this morning did it. just grab one of these cards and slap it on the back wall and the reason we want you to do that is just so over the next 40 days as we come in we're reminded okay we already have 75 people up there probably after tonight there'll be 150 200 of us in on this together that's powerful so when you get a little tired over the next 40 days and maybe what you gave up and you're missing what whatever it is you'll just be like wait a minute there's 200 or 150 or 100 or whatever other people doing this. This matters. This is powerful. This is exciting. This is a movement, and we're going to see God show up. I think it might just keep you when you're feeling a little frustrated or down about what you gave up. So we're going to cry out to God, and I also encourage you guys last week to add to this one matter in your personal life, one thing you need to pray about for you that you want God to show up and do something great. It might be something going on with finances. It might be, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? God, I need a job. God, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for my wife. God, where is she? You know, you're just crying out to God. You know how it gets. And so you're looking, and, and girls, you're, you're waiting for the, your, your, your knight in shining armor to show up. And so, man, it's just whatever it might be. I don't know, somebody's sick that you love, you need to pray for them, whatever it might be. And we're going to cry out to God for these 40 days. Thursday, September 17th, we're going to come back together. Whoever can make it that night, if you can't make it that night, you can still do the fast. But that night, we're going to come together, and we're going to just cry out to God together that last time, and then sort of break the fast and uh, just see what God does, all right? So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not God. It's a very good thing I'm not. And so we're going to just be uh, trusting that God's going to show up and do something great. And so on your way out again, grab one of these, slap it on the wall, and uh, we're going to move forward. I'm excited about what God will do. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have tonight to be encouraged. I just pray that will happen tonight. I pray that for every Christian in this room, and I pray that for every person that wouldn't call themselves a Christian in this room tonight, God, that we would leave here encouraged. And so I thank you for all that you are, and I thank you for all that you do. So meet with us tonight in your name. Amen. A woman was walking out of a hotel after having had a meeting there with a bunch of her coworkers, and she walked out of the hotel And she realized that she couldn't find her car and she started to freak out a little bit because she had been known in the past to leave her keys in her car. And so she's looking all throughout the parking lot, can't find the car. She looks inside her purse, can't find her keys, starts freaking out, goes back out, looks all through the parking lot and the car is not there. And she's thinking back to how many times her husband has yelled at her for leaving the keys in the car. And so she calls the cops, she tells them what happens cops show up, the whole deal, you know, model and make and license plate and all that kind of stuff of the car. And they say, all right, man, we're going to go out and search for the car. And so then she has the guts 
you know, works it up to call the husband and make the dreaded phone call and, and pray he doesn't completely freak out on her. And so she calls her husband and says, Honey, I left my keys in my car again, and this time someone actually stole it. To which he replied, Honey, I dropped you off at the hotel this morning. <laughs> so then she said, Oh, thank God. Can you please come pick me up? To which he said, I will as soon as I can convince this officer that I didn't steal your car. <laughs> so sometimes we're forgetful, aren't we? Sometimes we forget different types of things. Have you ever forgotten what you were saying in the middle of saying something? That's really bad. Like, like that's bad. When you tune out on yourself, just imagine how everybody else feels when they're listening to you, right? But I remember a time, this, and this was so completely embarrassing, but someone had called the office asking for information about the church. And so Andrew and I are in there one day in the office, and we hear the messages, and so I decide, I'm going to call this lady back, let her know about the church. And so she wasn't there, and the answering machine picked up, and so I began to leave this message, and I'm just kind of going through all the stuff I always tell people, the service times and this and that, and I'm zoning out on myself, you know? And so in the middle of the thing, I just sort of went into like weird mode, and I actually started to say at the end of the message, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> and so I was like, oh yeah, you know, this lady's listening back, hearing me go, yeah, the service times are Sunday 11 and 7, and went on and on, and then I, I just kind of went, and in Jesus' name, wow, okay, uh, well, I hope to see you soon, click. <laughs> And Andrew's like weeping in tears, <laughs> laughing, mocking me, right? Never heard from those people. Right? Yeah. But you know that they, they play that message for everyone who will listen. Listen to this idiot pastor in this concert. So, man, sometimes we just are so forgetful. Um, any parents in the room? I know we got a younger crowd, but any parents in the room? How many times has this happened where you like have a great dinner and then you're like relaxing with the kids after and the, and the kids, this happens like literally probably three or four times a week in my house. The kids are like, mom, dad, what are we having for dinner? I'm so hungry. You're like, we just feasted, child. What are you talking about? What are we eating? We just devoured food. Are you seriously? And so, you know, our memories sometimes, you know, everybody over 35, how many, how many times a day do you just walk somewhere and then you're like, why am I here? Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I did that this morning. I went, I found myself upstairs in my office and I'm like, such a nice place to be. I have no idea why I'm here, but it's a wonderful place to be. And so we're really forgetful sometimes. And the same thing happens in our relationship with God. We just forget some things about God sometimes. We forget important things about God sometimes. And one of the things we forget is that God is on our side. Sometimes we just forget that, don't we? I mean, how many times did you think about that this week? Did any of us throughout this week wake up in the morning and go, all right, I don't know what's coming today, but I'm going to be all right because God's on my side and I'm good, right? I doubt many of us had that thought. How many of us have thought this week, man, God makes such a huge difference in my life. You see, I think we just sort of forget that God's on our side and we sort of forget the amazing difference that he makes in our lives. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, it can just be really easy to forget what a big deal peace is. I mean, if you have peace, that's huge. Just ask somebody who doesn't have peace. Peace is a huge deal. But we so often forget what a big deal God is and on the difference he's made in our lives. I mean, some of us, we remember a certain struggle that we had years ago, and it's kind of like, wow, thank God that thing changed. Well, yeah, man, thank God that thing changed. That, that changed in your life because God's on your side. That changed in your life because he made a difference in you. You know, some of us that are a little older, seeing God make a difference in our marriage or our kids. Some of you guys that may be a little younger, seeing God just make a difference in you. You think about who you were a few years ago, and it's like, wow, God has done so 
much. But I think what you and I normally do, and I'm in on this with you, all right? I think what we normally do is we more often think about the things that we're disappointed in God with, the things that maybe he hasn't done yet, the ways we feel he hasn't made a difference yet, and we forget the billion things God has done already for us. And so tonight, I want to encourage us to remember. I want us to think back and go, wow, God is good. And even think back, it might just be yesterday God did something amazing. And we're already like, God, where are you on this new thing? Come on, I I need you here. Come on, why haven't you shown up yet? Why haven't you done what I've asked? I snapped my fingers, God, where are you? Why are you slacking a little bit? Can we just celebrate the fact tonight that God is on our side? Can we celebrate the fact that he makes a huge difference in our lives. When's the last time you started a sentence like this? If it weren't for God. When's the last time you started a sentence like this? The difference God has made in my life. Right? These are the things that should be flying out of our mouths all the time because God is on our side. So I want to remind you today, if you're a follower of Jesus, the difference that God makes. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we are so excited that you're here with us tonight. And I just want to encourage you because my guess is You may have walked into the building tonight thinking, I don't really think God makes much of a difference. Maybe that's because you've experienced in your own life that maybe there was a time where you tried to look to God for some answers or whatever it might be and you felt like he didn't make much of a difference. Or, and this is going to take me a minute to get through, so stick with me, all right? Or maybe you've seen other Christians and you've said to yourself, God doesn't seem to make much of a difference in their life because if they were really followers of God, they wouldn't act like that. Okay, now two ways i got to sort of answer that. Number one is, you're probably right. There are probably many people you've met in your life that call themselves Christians, that act in a way that's nothing like Jesus, and I apologize for that, and I would say that certainly is not the way we should be living. But I would also add this. The reason people are Christians is because we're broken and because we're not perfect. And because we need a Savior. Now, there should be a change in our life. That's the whole point of the message tonight is that God makes a difference. But I just want to encourage you, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're holding back in a relationship with God and you're kind of pushing God away a little bit because you've met some Christians who you didn't really think were much like Christians, I just want to encourage you that the same hope God offers those broken Christians that turned you off to Christianity, he also offers to you. He offers you the same hope hope, that he loves you, that he wants you, that he accepts you, that he longs to save and rescue and empower you to live a different life. And so I want to encourage you tonight that if you're a follower of Jesus, God is on your side. He makes this huge, incredible difference. And if you're not, that he so badly wants to make that difference in your life. And so we're going to look at some verses tonight that I think will encourage us. And and what we're talking about is so important for couple of different reasons. The first thing that I just want to kind of throw out at you as a reason this is so important for us to talk about is because what you and I focus on determines where we end up. I'll just say it this way. Attention determines direction, okay? Attention determines direction. What do I mean by that? Well, they say that if you're out on the highway and you're driving and you see something on the side of the road, the longer you look at it and give your attention to it, the more you actually start to steer toward it, okay? So be careful with that one. Because attention determines direction. Wherever I'm focused on is where I'm headed, right? I mean, this works in all different areas of our life. Like, if I'm trying to lose some weight, right? If I look at pictures of me every day when I was in shape in college, 
my attention's on that and, and, and what I looked like. And, oh man, that, I, that's where I want to get back to that kind of shape. I'm probably going to head in that direction. But if I throw that picture out and I just focus on all the snacks in my house, and I'm going to gain 20 pounds, right? Because my attention determines my direction. Guys, the same is true with what we're talking about tonight. Our attention determines our direction. So if our attention is on all the things we wish God had done that he hasn't yet, then we're going to be very joyless people. And we're going to be some hopeless people. And we're going to be some people always walking around, forgetting what God's done and complaining that God hasn't shown up more. But if you and I will be people who remember what God's done, and we remember God's on our side, and we remember the difference he's made in our lives, then we will live lives of joy and satisfaction and hope. And so it's so important that we talk about this. It's so important we talk about this because when you and I go through current or future struggles, if we remember that God's on our side and the difference he makes in our lives, then we'll walk through those struggles with hope and strength and confidence. We never will if we forget all that God has done and we forget that he's on our side. And so we're going to look here in Psalm 124. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, can you just imagine a God who loves you unconditionally, a God who wants to make a difference in your life. Imagine a God who wants to fill you with peace and hope because that's what we're looking at here tonight. And so David wrote this psalm, okay? And David was a king. He was a king of Israel. And the Israels were real. the Israels, the Israels, the Israelites were really great forgetters. They were professional forgetters. They were great at not remembering all the ways that God had come through. And they were great complainers and they were just, really good at getting themselves in trouble and, you know, kind of going the woe is me route and look at me and where is God and things were better back then. Why doesn't God just send us back to being slaves again and all this stuff. They were great at that. And so David wrote this psalm and the word psalm means song. So this is a song. And he wrote this to remind the people of what God had done. And he puts it in such a cool way. And I think what he wrote here is to remind Christians that God's on our side and the difference he makes, but I think it's also to give hope to people who maybe don't have a relationship with God, that he wants to make a huge difference in our lives. So here's what he says in Psalm 124, 1, and the first few verses are kind of scattered, and I'll explain why in a minute. Verse 1, it says this, if the Lord had not been on our side, okay? And so David starts out this song saying, if the Lord had not been on our side, and then he lists a bunch of things that would have happened if God hadn't been on David's side. And so the great thing about this is David's going, hey, I know God is on my side, but if he weren't, here's the mess I would be. Here's the mess my nation would be. Here's all the things that would have happened if God weren't on my side. And the reason that this sentence and the next one are kind of like partial sentences is because David is so excited about this that he's actually interrupting himself. Have you ever done that? Like, my kids do that all the time. Like, hey, Dad, and so then we went to the, and after that, we went. I'm like, dude, just get one sentence out. But they're so excited and ahead of themselves. That's what David's doing here. He's so excited that God's on his side and all the things God's done that he's interrupting himself a few times. And so if the Lord had not been on our side, David's going, hey, God's on our side. And if he hadn't, we would be a complete mess. But can we just celebrate for a minute the fact that God is on our side? Like, that's so huge. If you're a follower of Jesus, God is on your side. God 
is over all the, all the stuff in your life, all the good, all the bad, over everything. He's with us through it all and desires to make a difference in it all. My dad, as a lot of you guys know, is six foot eight inches. He's actually the height of that doorway. If you're standing on the floor, he's six foot eight inches. And he's just this huge guy. And so as a kid, every time I'd be out playing basketball and I'd see my dad come home from work and he'd pull up in the driveway, I'd be like, Dad, you want to play basketball for a little while? And if he said yes, it was on. It was on because my dad was on my team and this was going to be it. I was going to own all my neighborhood kids because really I was, he was going to own all the neighborhood kids. But he was on my side. He was on my team. And so it was about to go down. I could miss all the shots. He would rebound them. I could throw bad passes. You know, it wouldn't matter because he's got gorilla-like arms and he can catch anything, okay? Um, he's 58 and he can still slam dunk. I'm 37, never dunked once in my life, okay? And so this guy is incredible. And when he would get out there, my confidence would skyrocket. My joy level would skyrocket because I knew my dad was on my side. Well, guys, God is on your court. God is on your side. And there's no one bigger than he is. And there's no one that can compare with his power, his wisdom, his strength, and his ability. And he is on your side. So then David says something interesting. Look what he does here. He's still interrupting himself. He says, let Israel say. So he goes, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. Okay, what's he doing here? He's trying to get the Israelites to repeat after him, basically, here in this song. He's saying, he, basically what he's saying is, okay, don't just sit back and put your lighter up in the air or your cell phone up in the air and wave it back and forth while I sing this to you. No, sing this with me. Get this deep inside you. You know how once in a while, when I'm trying to drive a point home, I'll like say, all right, guys, repeat this after me. Repeat this after me. I don't do it much because this is New York and you throw something at me. But if we were down south, I'd do it more often and be like, all right, y'all, say this with me. You know, anyway, and so um, that's what David's doing here. He's saying, hey, let Israel say. Let Israel say the following. Okay, so repeat after me. David's trying to drive this point home. Verse 2, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. So now David's saying, okay, Israel, come on, now you repeat that. Let's talk about the difference God makes in our lives. And really, throughout this psalm, the difference that, that David highlights that God makes in his life is about the protection of God over Israel and over David. And so David celebrates the fact that if God hadn't been on Israel's side, they would have been wiped off the map. They would have been annihilated. There was no hope for Israel. Why is that? Well, check out this map here, okay? We're going to go a little old school Israel, okay? So you see all these huge nations around here, Africa, Egypt, you got Arabia, Iran, all these places, right? This little, I feel like I'm doing a biology lesson. Oh, this is your appendix, but, but here's, here's, this is Israel. Just that green little tiny piece on that map is Israel, and everybody around Israel wanted a piece of Israel. Everyone around was coming to wipe them out. And that little itty-bitty nation survived and won over and over and over again. And David knows that all those nations around them should have annihilated them. But he's saying, because the Lord was on our side, that's not what happened. He says, if the Lord hadn't been our side, we would have been swallowed alive. And then he goes on. 
the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Now, he's not talking about literal waters. He's talking about the fact that the armies and the people that came to fight them were so great. It was like an ocean. It was like waters that would have come to sweep them away. But that's not what happened because God was on their side. Check out this next map. Okay, we got Israel again. doesn't look like an appendix on this one. But down here, here's Israel. And you see all those arrows going out in all those different directions? Those are all the battles that were won while David was king. He fought a battle in like every direction. And he knows that it's only because God was on their side that he survived any of it. Now you might be saying, okay, Doug, this is like 3,000 years ago. And you're talking about this king and God being on his side and winning like military battles. What does that have to do with me? It has everything to do with you. Because you and I fight battles every day. No, maybe not out on a battlefield. But some of us in the room are fighting a battle against illness right now. Some of us are fighting a battle against sin. Some of us are fighting a battle against a broken relationship or a marriage. Some of us are fighting for our kids. We're fighting battles all over the place. And you know what? The same God that was on David's side that gave him victory over and over and over again when he should have been wiped out is the one that's on your side. And so we're going through it, man. Some of us are are fighting cancer tonight. Some of us are fighting divorce tonight. Some of us are fighting porn tonight. Some of us are fighting gossip or pride tonight. Some of us are fighting this undeniable fear and anxiety about the future. And the same God that gave David victory in every direction is on your side. And you know what? I just wonder if there could be a, a map of you Like you'd be in the center of that map and there'd be arrows going out in all the different directions that God has given you victory in your life. Just what that would look like. How powerful would that be? I I think one day, you know, when we're in heaven, we're going to find out how many battles God won for us. How many times he rescued us and he helped us when there was nothing we could do ourselves. Then verse six, David says, Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. David understands it's no coincidence that this little itty bitty nation kept winning and surviving. And that all the people around that were coming to wipe them out never, never worked. And I love, he just says, hey, praise be to the Lord who did this. And I think we got to adopt that attitude. You know, David could have had the attitude a lot of us have. He could have been like, God, why do you keep letting people fight us? But instead he said, praise be to the Lord that even though we should have been annihilated, we weren't. Praise be to the Lord for all the ways he's come through. And I think for us, we need to begin to say, hey, praise be to God that the cancer didn't win. Or, or praise be to God, even though the cancer took so-and-so, it didn't really win because they're with Jesus. Or praise be to God, even though the cancer took so-and-so, it didn't win because God's healing my heart. Even though I miss them and love them, God's healing my heart and putting the pieces back together. Praise be to God that I got a job. Man, I've been without a job forever. Praise be to God, he's putting my parents' marriage back together or my marriage back together, whatever it might be. And this is really cool. Verse seven, we've escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. A fowler was someone who would set a trap and catch fowl or birds, right? And so David here is kind of saying Israel was like the bird and all these nations around were setting these, these snares or these traps. And I love what he says here. Not only did we escape, but the snare has been broken. 
And guys, that's some of us. Some of us here in the room, we struggled with things. And God not only let us escape the trap, he broke the trap. Some of us in the room, we remember, right? Don't you remember what it was like when that trap was constantly coming after you? Don't you remember what it was like when it felt like all you could do was, was push back this one struggle, this one temptation, this one thing that ate you alive? And now you're looking back going, man, I was addicted to alcohol and God broke the trap. I was addicted to pornography and God broke the trap. I was addicted to just my own ego and my own selfishness and God broke the trap. And David's here is saying, hey, if the Lord hadn't been on our side, none of this would have happened. Because God is on our side, he's made this huge, incredible difference. And then in verse 8, he says this, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And David just brings it all back and says, it's all because of God. It's all because of the hope that we have in him. If it weren't for God, there'd be no hope. And I love he brings in this last phrase, the maker of heaven and earth. Because that's who's on your side. That's who's got your back. That's who wants to fight battles for you and me, is the maker of heaven and earth. When's the last time that creation made you feel small? I love looking up at the stars at night. That makes me feel really small in a good way. When's the last time you just looked around and you just felt little? I remember being a kid and, and we went to California and going to the redwood forest with those trees that are like 7 billion you know, feet tall. They're just huge. And there's literally a tree there that they carved out enough space you could drive your car through it. I mean, I don't know why you want to drive through a tree, but it was kind of cool. And we're in like the old beat up station wagon back in the day in the early 90s driving through a tree. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, this is huge. This makes me feel small. Niagara Falls, being anywhere near that, just hearing the pounding of those falls coming down and those waves and just the spray coming off, you just feel small, don't you? Well, you know what? The one who created all that, that's who's on your side. That's the one who wants to fight your battles. That's the one who wants to make the difference in your life and in my life. And so David is all excited. Because he remembers that God's on his side. He remembers that God makes the difference. He remembers that if God hadn't been on his side, he would have been a mess. And so a simple thought I want to just leave with you guys tonight, and then I'm just going to kind of be real transparent and talk about some ways in my own life. God's made a huge difference. A thought I want you to walk out of here with is this. Having the Lord on our side makes all the difference. Having the Lord on our side makes all the difference. It's everything. Followers of Jesus in the room, we got to remember he's on our side and he makes all the difference. If you're not a follower of Jesus, then man, I would love for you tonight to begin to look to him to make a difference in your life because there's nothing like it. And so you're going, all right, God kept this little nation safe thousands of years ago and this guy David is real excited about it. What does that mean for me? It means everything for you because there are a billion applications of this phrase if the Lord had not been on our side. There are a billion ways that this matters for you and for me. So a couple ways I definitely recognize that if the Lord hadn't been on my side, I'd be in trouble are these. One, if the Lord had not been on my side, then my marriage would be nothing like it is. And let me just say this up front. 
And if you t- kind of tuned out through a lot of this, just wake back up for a second here and hear me say this, that I am in no way saying, hey, look at me, I'm great. I'm saying if the Lord hadn't been on my side, I'd be in serious trouble. In fact, I 1 billion percent believe if the Lord hadn't been on my side, I wouldn't even be alive today. And so he's made such a huge difference in my life. So anything I'm going to say in the next few minutes is not going, hey, look at Doug. No, it's going, hey, look at God, because if it weren't for God, Doug would be a complete mess, wouldn't even probably be walking the earth anymore because of who I know I am apart from God. And let me also say that I'm a work in progress, just like you. We are all works in progress. We are all walking through temptations and struggles. We have good days. We have bad days. And it's not about the good days and the bad days. It's not about the temptations. It's about the Lord being on our side. That's the hope. And so as I talk a little bit here, I'm not a professional. I'm not a Christian professional. I'm just someone like you who's walking toward God and trying to walk with God and see him make the difference in my life. But I can tell you that I've seen him make such a difference in my marriage that um, because my wife and I both seek God, he makes a huge difference in us. And, you know, we don't have a perfect marriage. She still doesn't understand that I'm right all the time. I'm working on that with her, but that's probably the other way around. But um, it's so true. And if you've been in marriage counseling with us, as we kind of do that pre-marriage counseling, you guys know this kind of cheesy example that we use all the time, but it's so true. It's like this whole pyramid thing going on that, that here's Kelly, here's me. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. And it's so true. And as we aim our lives at God. He blesses our marriage, and it's not perfect, and, it's, and it's, sometimes marriage is hard work, but man, we're so blessed, and we laugh together, and we enjoy hanging out, and we enjoy being in the same room, and, and just being a family. We love hanging out with our kids. We love just being together, and so that's something that God has made a difference in. I know that because myself, I wouldn't do the things that God calls me to do unless God called me to do them, Okay? The only reason my marriage is blessed is because Kelly and I are aiming at doing things God's way. We want to be on God's side. I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said, I have no doubt God is on our side, but my question is, am I on his side? And so I know God's on my side, but I want to be doing things his way. And you know what? When Kelly and I have a disagreement, Plain old Doug, man, forget it. I want to be right. I'm going to drive the point home. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to make sure you know 18 different reasons why I'm right. I got, you know, I got it all figured out, and my marriage will be destroyed in about a week. But when I'm able to say, okay, God, make a difference here. God, I'll destroy my marriage, but okay, what are you saying? And what does your word say? God, would you help us figure this out? And I go back, and I apologize, and I humble myself, and I Man, that that makes all the difference. And that's God at work in our marriage. Another thing I've seen God make a huge difference in is is in our kids and in our parenting. And and a lot of that is just the grace of God. But I can tell you this, that there are a couple things that God has sort of challenged me to do over the years that's made a big difference. One is to not be a yeller. To not be a yeller. And and I'll just be transparent. This is incredibly embarrassing to to, let you guys know, but I... You know, I like to have fun. It takes a lot to get me upset, but, but when I get upset, there have been times in my life, man, that I turn into that yeller guy, that yeller dad, and I don't want to be that. And God just put on my heart, that's got to go. And so just talking to my kids with love and respect and still being able to discipline, that's made a huge difference in our parenting. And that is God. That's God's heart at work. Another huge thing, and 
this is something that's not easy as a parent, but it's when I make a mistake or I parent in a wrong way, it's to go back to my kid and apologize. You know, it, bud, I'm so sorry that I got upset at that. I shouldn't have. Would you forgive me? You know, or, or if I accuse one of the kids of doing something, it was really the other. Go in and apologize instead of just telling the other one, ah, you probably did something wrong. I don't know about you. You deserve to get yelled at anyway. I don't know. So, but, but instead, just humbling myself. I don't, why would I do? I wouldn't do that. Man, I want to be right. I'm in charge. Why would I apologize? No, but that's not God's way. It's a way to a mess. It's a way to broken relationships with my kids. And some of the best times I've had with my kids have been those moments when I've been able to go back and say, buddy, I'm so sorry that I got upset. Or I'm so sorry that I accused you. I was off. I was wrong. Would you forgive me? And there's some power in that. Another way I've seen God make a difference in my life is with, with my finances. If the Lord hadn't been on our side, our finances would be a mess for a number of reasons. Number one, because I know in my own heart I'm super greedy. And so um, I would just, I like stuff, you know, in my own heart. If I'm not sub- submitting to God, you know, I'm going to go out and tell my wife I'm buying a box of Altoids and some milk at the store. And I'll come back with a 152-inch TV, right? Because that's just cool. And I'll just have, I'll bring it home. I'll tell my wife, you know, it costs 30 grand. We've got to sell the house, but we can live in the box the TV came in, and it'll be fine, you know? So, but, but man, by God's grace, putting contentment in my heart, chill out, Doug. There's more to life than that. Be happy in me. Be satisfied in me, not in stuff. And another way that God's made a difference in our finances is that he's just come through over and over again in ways that makes no sense. He's, he's made things work when on paper they don't work, when, when I shouldn't have a home, when I shouldn't have, my, my wife and I both shouldn't have a car. He makes stuff work, and he does it over and over again. And I will promise you this, he almost always waits till the last second, almost always, God, why? <laughs> but, but almost always waits until that last minute. And honestly, he just did it again even this past week. Last week, we were ready to be in trouble, and just God just did his thing again, and we're good. And so it's just incredible. I've seen him make a difference in an incredible depression that I went through. It gave me hope. I've seen him give me strength to overcome things like impurity and anger, and over and over again, just God at work. And guys, I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm a work in progress. I sin daily. I fall short daily, but I got a Savior who's on my side. I got a God who's on my side and who walks with me, and who picks me back up, and loves me enough to continue to give me what I need to keep going. And he's patient with me, and he'll be patient with you. And so as you work through this, and as you hear this tonight, if you're a follower of Jesus, man, we got to make sure we're remembering that God's on our side, and that he makes all the difference. And we got to get ourselves out of complain mode and why didn't you mode? And we got to begin to remember more and more what God has done. And so in a few minutes, here's how I want you to respond to this. If you're a follower of Jesus, when I begin to pray at the end of this, I want you to take out your phone and I want you to write down five ways that God has made a difference in your life. And I want to ask you to make that your phone background or make it something you'll see or email yourself or set a reminder to look at it every day this week. Whatever you've got to do to keep this in front of you, And some of you guys will be writing down, man, God gave me peace. God gave me joy. God has provided for our finances. God led me into an amazing marriage. God brought healing to a broken marriage. God saved my kid. God healed my mom. God, whatever it is for you, write down five ways that God made a difference and look at it every day this week and celebrate the fact that God is on your side. And let me ask you this. 
Can you have that same attitude, that quote that I gave you guys earlier, that God's on your side, but, but I want to make sure I'm on his. Are you doing things his way? Are you looking to his word, and are you looking to your relationship with God to fuel the rest of your life so that you can say, all right, not only is God on my side, but I'm on his side. And because of that, I see the incredible difference that he makes in my life. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I just wanted to let you know that the greatest proof that we have that God is on our side is that when you and I were sinful and hated God and wanted nothing to do with him, he sent his son to die in our place. I remember being a kid and an adult saying that she loved, she was one of our teachers at our school, she said, I love all you kids here at the school, but I would never give my son for you. I would never give my son for you. If it was a life or death situation, I'm choosing my son every time. But God chose us, chose to sacrifice his son in our place so that we could know him. Romans 8 tells us that if God freely gave us his son, what's he going to hold back? And let me say this. Some of us think, well, I could tell you a bunch of things God's held back from me. The amazing thing is that God doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what he knows is best. Some of the things you want will destroy and kill you, right? And so God may be holding some things back from you because he loves you that much. But he will give you what, you what you need and what he knows is best. And the proof is he gave you his son. And so you can be convinced 100% he is on your side because he didn't even hold back the life of his own son to rescue you for himself. So if you want to put your trust in Jesus tonight, I'd encourage you to do that. If you're not ready to do that, no problem. But can I encourage you to at least keep coming back? Because if there's a God that loves you, it would be a pretty incredible thing, I think, to find and discover that, wouldn't it? And so followers of Jesus, take a minute as I pray. Write those things down. Stick to them this week. Be reminded of God's goodness. And let's all remember together that God, being on our side, makes all the difference. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are with us, that you love us, that you've forgiven us, that you rescued us from all kinds of messes. And I could have gone on and on about the difference you've made in my life. And I just pray, God, that you will encourage us tonight and that more and more we'll both remember and see new evidences of you on our side. And so, Christian, spend that time with God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love to lead you in a prayer as you just sort of respond maybe to what you feel God's doing in your heart tonight. And I just want to encourage you, I think I may have said this earlier, but putting your trust in Jesus doesn't mean you never have a bad day. It doesn't mean you never, uh, you never have a temptation again. It just means you have a God on your side who wants to fight those battles along with you. And so I'd encourage you today to look to him and ask him to save you, forgive you, and make this difference that I've been talking about tonight. So if you want to do that, you can just pray something silently like this to God. God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for forgiving me for my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place and remove my sin. Thank you that you're on my side. And so God, would you just make a huge difference in my life? Would you show me how real you are as I put my trust in you And I ask you to forgive me and save me. Thank you for this gift of salvation, for heaven, for eternal life, and for the difference you'll begin to make in my life here and now. 
So God, would you show me that having the Lord on my side makes all 